Live from the Acres Broadcast Center inside East Stadium, this is the Husker Athletic Director Show with Trev Alberts. Pump fake by Mass. Step back three on the way. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Holy smokes. Holy cow. The Flying Dutchman with a victory to tie it at 65. Andrews lines toward right, and it's over the head of Medellin and rolling all the way to the wall. Billy on her way to second, not stopping there. The car's relay from short right field is wide of the mark. Billy Andrews with a leadoff triple. Over to come set the pitch. Drill to left field, that's hit hard. Wesley Jordan going back, looking up, and it is off the top of the wall. It is gone, home run. They'll say it landed on top of the yellow. It's a home run for Garrett Anglum. Chili throws down low. Markowski kicks it out to Jazz. Knocked away by Marshall. Seven to shoot, six to shoot. Shelly for three. You! Betcha! Huskers take their first lead of the game with 30 seconds left. Here is your host, Jessica Cootie, on the Huskers Radio Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome in. We've got a short show for you as we've got men's basketball coming up 7.30 tonight on the road at Indiana. 6.30 pregame show with Kent Pavelka and Jake Muleheisen. But before we hand things over to them, we've got a fun half hour or so for you as we've got the athletics director show, Trev Alberts. And how about this? This is the ultimate pregame into the pregame, right? <laughs> yeah, this is pretty cool <laughs> and, and a nice break for me from Greg. Uh, so nice. <laughs> yeah, thanks uh, for putting up with me today. Greg's no. on the road traveling with baseball, so uh, I'll, I'll try to fill in. Now, today's a great day, and, and uh, obviously the as we think about the basketball game tonight, we got to find a way to get a road win. Yeah. You know, but uh, so proud of what Fred and that team have done. And to be sitting where we are, t- you know, in February with 18 wins already, both of our programs now, after last night's big win on the women's program, to have 18 wins is pretty special. Really proud of those basketball programs for all they're accomplishing. Yeah, and that's where I wanted to start because since you've been on, we had a big win, uh, women's basketball over Iowa, another court storm in front of a sellout arena for the first time inside Pinnacle Bank. What was it like taking that in, seeing Amy Williams and company do what they did and, and have that win? Well, first of all, I, you know, you, you have to tip your hat to, to Caitlin Clark in Iowa. Yeah. yeah that's a great program. And uh, to see what they've done for women's basketball, we think about what you know, we, we take a lot of pride in, in Husker athletics in terms of women's athletics, and we think about the outdoor volleyball game. Similarly, I think Iowa's done a, a lot of really good things on the women's side, and they got a lot of respect for that program. But I think it just goes to show uh, what Amy, uh, our coaching staff, our student athletes at Nebraska, what they can accomplish. And, and I'll tell you, I think our fans played a very big part. The energy that they brought to PBA, uh, just a remarkable environment. And, um, you know, again, you tip your hat to, to, to Caitlin Clark, but we're a team, and, um, and I'll tell you what, Jazz Shelley, pretty special player. To be the national player of the week uh, as a result of her effort there, uh, what, what an amazing win. And, you know, the whole court storming thing doesn't really get old, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> and Jazz going to be honored this Saturday for Senior Day. Uh, hate to see, always hate when a player like that is, is honored for the last time. But, you know, when you talk about Pinnacle Big Arena and, and you, you listen into some of these pre-game shows, post-game shows from all the different networks, and they're taking note of how tough it is to play inside Pinnacle Bank Arena. That's going to be a, a source of pride for you, knowing that both um, for men's and women's, it's pretty hard to come in here and get wins. Well, it has. You look at a record. I mean, that, this is where good teams go to die. I think <laughs> I've read that, right? You know, and it's PBA. It's the environment. It's the, I think the players really feed off the energy. But, 
you know, we, we've talked about this as an athletic department for the whole time I've been here, is I, I think, you know, part of what contributes to that, and I give a lot of credit to Fred, Namie, and their staffs, is that they've created teams that our fans can identify with. Mm -hmm. Like, they appreciate when they see Jazz Shelley diving on the floor, get a loose ball, Alex, you know, Murkowski down low. They, they love it when Jawan Gary is doing his thing. So I, I think that's all part of it. But I think, again, it's, it's our fan base. We can't take them for granted. Uh, put a product out on the courts that they identify with, and you'll have an environment that's very difficult to win in. And we, we want to be an athletic department, no matter if it's basketball, football. You've got to protect your home environment. If you win at home, uh, it's a special thing and obviously has a direct impact on your business operations long term. Yeah, because both teams have protected the home court so well, you know, the, the postseason picture is becoming clearer and clearer, and you're talking about two teams that are, have done a pretty good job of, of making a case for themselves to be in that NCAA tournament field. You know, again, as the AD, how proud are you of, of that, that you're going to have two teams that are going to be representing Nebraska in the postseason more than likely? Well, that's the hope. We won't count our chickens yes, before we, they hatch. We, we still got to take care of business, but, you know, they've business. done a good job up until this point. Too. They really have, you know, and they, they positioned themselves well. I think they were strategic in their scheduling, being very thoughtful. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, we talk about this a lot. We talk about winning. We talk about the importance. Of, we're making a huge investment into into these programs. Our student-athletes deserve elite coaching. They deserve elite effort from the administration. Uh, it's top-down in terms of how important this stuff is. So um, just to see where they are, the progress they've made, we've talked about this, you know, just incrementally, just keep growing. It's not just basketball. Look, look, look at our wrestling program. Mm -hmm. You know, look where Mark Manning has taken. I mean, I, you can arguably say we're, we're now at the top. This is the most challenging wrestling conference in the country. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I've spent some time at the Big Ten meetings with my colleagues, and uh, I got some feedback from the Penn State folks about, whoa, your wrestling program's making a lot of progress. So it's just across the board, slow, but, but what our programs have done on the, on, the, on the hard court has been really remarkable, and I just hope that they can continue to play, play well. Obviously, a road win at Indiana would be really special tonight, so uh, we'll see where it goes. Woodhouse Auto Family is your trusted auto partner with 20 brands and 20 convenient sales and service locations. We're making car buying on your terms. Visit us online at woodhouse.com. You know, speaking of wrestling, and we've got Big Ten track and field indoor championships coming up. The rifle team just qualified for the NCAA championship. we got swim and dive championships, gymnastics, and then the two basketballs. As an AD, how do you navigate this time of year? It is Wild! I was overwhelmed this weekend trying to keep up with all of it. Oh, and throwing baseball and softball starting their seasons as well. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, but I, I, you know, I I remember uh, during my 15 years, and then also as being an athletic director, and then prior as a student athlete, like, you know, it's important to the students to see the administration there. It, it, you know, if it doesn't mean something to us, then why why should it mean something to them? So, it isn't just me, but it's all our administrative staff. It's. It's the Husker family uh, showing up and showing out. But, yeah, it's a lot to keep up with. And then there's all these national issues, you know, traveling a lot, trying to make sure that Nebraska is well represented and, and has a seat at the table. So uh, it's exhilarating, but I'll tell you, it's, you know, you just feed off that energy and positive momentum uh, because they've, they've done so well and they've been so successful. We had, we had a head coach's meeting uh, maybe last week, and I asked Keith Mann our, um, um, in communications to give me some points of pride. And, you know, the one thing that I think is, is really important is to occasionally take a step back because we are dealing with a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of angst and just challenge within college athletics, but just take a step back. I mean, this, this past fall was one of the most successful falls we've ever had. And you look into the, the winter sports and basketball. So I really wanted our coaches to say, wow, you guys are doing some amazing things. And then to see how 
our coaches are supporting each other, right? To see head coaches of other programs at other events, student athletes uh, from other sports supporting. It feels like the culture then is right. And um, just really excited about what they're doing. And, and so it's an awful lot of fun to watch. So a couple of big news stories coming out um, since you've been on as well. Uh, most recently, the college football playoff and the approval of the, the five plus seven model. What was what's your take on that and kind of, uh, I guess, going through that and seeing where that approval is and, and what that's going to look like in the future? Well, it made a lot of sense. I mean, five plus seven was the only thing that makes a lot of sense. I think there is a little bit of confusion, though, Jessica, around this whole college football playoff. And, you know, there's been some reports that there's this extension that's been in place. The reality is, is that there is an offer from a television partner. It has not been approved. And I think the other thing that's a little bit... Um, uh, has been misunderstood is there, there's two years left on the original deal. So, yeah. so what we're talking about today in this five plus seven model is the existing college football playoff deal that's already contracted that we are within that. So really any extension to that is beyond years 11 and 12. And so this model just made sense. Obviously there's a massive amount of transition in terms of what conference affiliation looks like. When those original contracts were done with the college football playoff, I mean, I think the Big Ten probably had 14 teams in there, and now we have 18. Mm -hmm. And so things look different. You think about the Pac-12, where they were, where they are today. So I think in, in these final two years of the existing deal, this makes a lot of sense. It actually provides some additional um, opportunity for, for those Pac-12 members who aren't part of the Big Ten. Uh, but I think the real issue um, is, is that extension. Because as you think about the change, right, and you look at, um, you have to talk about what access looks like. You have to talk about what revenue share looks like. And so there's going to be some really hard discussions that are happening. Quite frankly, they're happening like right now. Uh, and um, so we'll, we'll see where it all goes. Um, I think there's a good plan in place. I think the Big Ten has some very strong feelings about what access should look like and, and what the rev share should look like at the end of the day. The world's changed. And so the existing model of the college football playoff that was agreed to with a totally different, you know, view relative to conference affiliation probably needs to be adjusted and adapted. How good is it to have a commissioner that has a TV background as you navigate this kind of thing? Yeah, t Tony's really good. You know, we just spent two days up in Chicago. We had the joint councils. We had the faculty, athletic reps, senior women's administrators. And, you know, Tony just, he has a real working understanding about how this works. You know, we're very concerned uh, about, you know, the value of the regular season. I mean, that's really, really important to us. And everything that we do today, Jessica, is ultimately has an impact in the future media deals. So he understands about quality of matchups. He understands about all the television stuff, as you mentioned. So it's great to have somebody like that in the room. It's also great to have somebody that's, yeah, Tony's a humble guy, you know, and he works great with others. I think he's forged a very strong relationship with Greg Sankey and the SEC, and that's one of the things that the athletic directors and the COCP strongly recommended that we needed out of our commissioner is there are two conferences today that are dealing with the same challenges. Um, while there's some you know, legal risk and realities that we can and can't do based on that, the two of us need to be talking um, because we, we're dealing with the same challenges. 
We're chatting with Trev Alberts here on our uh, monthly athletics director sit down inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, which is sponsored by Acres, the Midwest Premier, John Deere Dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field. Well, another piece of news I wanted to um, ask you about, uh, you know, there's some news coming out about NIL legislation and maybe implementing that here. What does that look like and how is, why is that important here at Nebraska? Well, I think first and foremost, I, I really want to thank Governor Pillen. I want to thank the legislature. Um, you know, there, there is a bill that was introduced uh, into um, this cycle with the legislature in, in Nebraska. Uh, the fact of the matter is it's, it really feels great uh, that the governor, the state of Nebraska, really genuinely cares about student-athletes. And Nebraska wants to do everything that we can to make sure our student-athletes have an equal opportunity to monetize their name, image, and likeness. And so I think really this is about adjusting and adapting some existing legislation that was already there. And then more broadly beyond the state of Nebraska, I think you're going to see some additional change in this space. I had the opportunity to serve on a um, institutional involvement in the NIL space subcommittee within the NCAA, uh, one of about four different committees that I, I get to do. But the reality is, and we'll see, that's going to be introduced in, in April. Uh, we'll go before the full NCAA group in June for some decisions, but at the end of the day, really what we're trying to do and what I'm a big proponent of is, is allow the institutions to be actively involved. This is really a student, just like the Governor Pillen and the legislature support, it's a student-centered approach to helping students. You know, uh, We're not at this point trying to adjust where institutions are doing pay-to-play. What we're saying is let us, the students come to Nebraska uh, in large part at a place like Nebraska because of our life skills, because of our investment into young people. And yet in this space, because of the rules, we're not allowed mm -hmm. to actively participate in helping them navigate through. Now, we're pretty fortunate here at Nebraska to have a, a collective in 1890 who is a good partner that uh, genuinely cares about young people. But there are other places with some folks with nefarious intents and, you know, young people are being taken advantage of. So. We think it's really important that the institution, of course, we've got a young man, Jonathan Bateman, who lives every day in this space. He's yeah. our NIL GM. Uh, he has a working knowledge that's far beyond mine. Uh, but, but we think it's time for institutions to be actively involved in working with the collective, working with student athletes, looking at contracts, and trying to help them and support them. It just makes sense to us. And so I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful uh, that we, in June, get that through uh, so that we're, we can do a better job of doing exactly what we all signed up for. We came here to serve young people. This is a really evolving and important space, and Nebraska needs to be at the table to help young people. When you first decided to get into this business, to be an AD, and you, know, you think about where it was then and now where it is now, how have you evolved? Why has it been important for you to maybe to accept a lot of these changes too? Well, you know, man, I've learned so much. I still have so much more to learn, Jessica. But I, I started 15 years ago. I didn't even know what it meant to be an athletic director, right? I, th I thought you went to games and occasionally had to fire or hire a coach. And unfortunately, um, that's about less than 10% of the real job, right? Uh, most of it's business now. Um, you know, I, I recognize that, uh, you know, revenue generation, entrepreneurial thinking is critically important in this evolving sphere. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, it still really is about trying to serve young people. So in essence, it's blocking and tackling, serving your coaches and hiring people who generally want to help young people. But as all these things happen, and remember, you know, these are happening to us, not because of us, right? So through litigation and settled lawsuits or lost lawsuits, I mean, this is being forced upon us. So the ability to adjust and adapt, to think differently, but never losing 
that core um, focus uh, and our values of being tied to the academic side and supporting young people is, is really the North Star of what we ought to be doing. Well, one of the portions of it is, you know, hiring coaches and, and kind of figuring out how you want that staff to look. And you've got some new coaches that are competing mm -hmm. here in the spring. What goes into making those decisions? And then how do you know once they're here that, hey, this program's headed in the right direction with this leadership? Well, well, well what is it that's driving them, in, you know, to, be, to want to be here? You know, number one, do they fit our culture? Uh, number two, and I, I say this, and it, I get a chance to meet with a lot of our student athletes. And I, there's really two types of people, right? There's the people that have the white napkin on their forearm and they're seeking to serve other people. There's other people with a white napkin under their chin waiting to be served. I want to hire coaches that are really hard workers that legitimately and genuinely want to pour into young people and receive a lot of enjoyment out of watching a young man or a young woman come to your campus and grow into an amazing adult with a great education with the skills necessary to compete in society. Like, like that's, that's what we do. And so you can tell really early on, obviously all co most all coaches, they know how to coach. But what do they know about culture? Um, is it about them? Is it about the people they serve? I'm looking for servant leaders. And at the end of the day, if you fill your group with a bunch of servant leaders, it's amazing what they do together because then you don't only only have coaches, you know, they, they start working with each other mm -hmm. and all the start and they start bouncing ideas. Fred asked Amy and, you know, and I, I, that's why I think Coach Rule has had such an impact early on in his tenure here from a culture perspective within the department because Matt takes this stuff very seriously. And it has, because football is so big and it's so important and it's, that really cascades down into the rest of your of your programs and and uh, it's been really fun to watch and uh, I'm grateful to be a partner with them. I love that. All right. Well, we just have a couple minutes left. You down for having some fun? Some rapid fire questions? I'll do my best. Okay. <laughs> All right. I just got a, a list of five that uh, I'll ask you. Okay. Favorite concession stand food? If you're going to a ball game, what what are you going to? If you're going to to grab something to eat there? You know, I'm 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 kind of a sucker for a good bratwurst. Okay. But, but I'll tell you, I've had some bad brats. Like, it's got to be a good, you've got to go to a place that understands brats, okay. right? I love brats. All right. Best sports movie? Oh, best sports movie. Um, gosh, I don't know. Um, there's been so many, you know. Um, I, you know, this is an old one. But when I was a kid, I loved Vision Quest. Okay. You don't even know what that movie uh -uh. is? I've never seen it. I'll have to go look it up. Go watch Vision Quest. Okay. All right. Book you'd recommend? Hmm. Because you, you read with your staff, right? Yeah, we do. Mm -hmm. We do. Um, I don't know. Um, there's been so many great books on leadership. Um, the Carpenter's a great book. Um, you know, we just passed out a book to the rest of The Right Call, which is a great book about, um, you know, how you learn lessons in sports to apply, um, you know, into business in your everyday life. So, uh, lots of good ones, uh, but I, I don't I don't force that on folks. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to do that. But but we do some of that because again, I think what we're trying to think about is how do you get people to change their mind and perspective on the old way of how college athletics works and this new reality. So uh, there's a great book called uh, Change or Die, um, and you know that's kind of where we are as an industry right now. Favorite Big Ten road trip? Hmm, football or any sport? Any or? sport. Favorite Big Ten road trip. Um, gosh, I've really enjoyed all of them. I haven't been to Penn State yet. Um, haven't been to Ohio State. I enjoyed going to Michigan. Um, 
you know, a, a sneaky fun one was Purdue. Yeah. I enjoyed West Lafayette. Um, we went to Rutgers. I enjoyed that as well. So I, I, I tell you what, none of them are bad. Every one of them, you just have to do a little research because they all have some good food. They have some good little places to go. You just have to do the research. Who has inspired you the most as a leader? Well, I would say my father. You know, I, I, um, I've had a chance to be around great leaders. I've had a chance to be around some not so great leaders. <laughs> but, you know, I got to grow up in a house where um, my dad uh, was a tremendous leader, a servant leader. Um, he, um, uh, he was, and then, of course, I had the great privilege of, and the reason I came to Nebraska was I found somebody a lot like my dad, and that was Tom Osborne. Mm. And so... Just a privilege to be around those two men, genuine, authentic, humble leaders um, who tried very hard to do the right thing every day. Well, appreciate your time. Um, congratulations. And again, let's keep it rolling. Let's, let's rack up some more wins. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks for what you do, too. Thank you. Appreciate it. And that is Trev Alberts on our Nebraska Athletics Director Show here on Sports Nightly. You could win a 2024 Porsche Macan from Porsche Omaha this season. Four lucky Husker fans will have a chance to win a 2024 Porsche Macan if they make a full court putt at halftime at one of four men's basketball games this season. For more information and the official rules, go to www.huskers.com slash putt.